Come on, saints. We don't need music. We don't need words. I just want the voices just to raise and elevate in this place and begin to pray your own prayer. Sing your own song. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And the word that you have for us tonight, God, sharper than a two-edged sword, more powerful, God, Lord. It, it is going to pierce right into the depths of who we are. And I thank you that worship has prepared the soil and prepared the groundwork. I want to read a scripture to you in Genesis chapter 6, verse 6, or sorry, Genesis chapter 4, verse 6. Thank you, Pastor Doug. It says this, it says, So the Lord said to you, Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. I love how God, see, we see the nature of grace at the beginning, not just at the end. And you see, he says, look, I will accept you. Look, look, performance is not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the principles inside of you. I'm looking for the heart inside. If you don't do what, won't I accept you? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. We hear that in the end, but we also see it in the beginning. And he says, he, he doesn't follow up with, and if you don't do well, don't you know I will rebuke you? No, he doesn't say that. He says, sin lies at the door, and I don't want this. What sin has for you, I don't want that for you. He says, and a desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass. When they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. I want you, Andrew, if you can, change that to the NIV. And I want to show them the NIV version of verse 10 as well. Chapter 4, verse 10, NIV. I want you to see something. We're going to make a note of it, and then we'll go on. It says, now, remember, it says, his voice cries out to me. This one says, what have you done? Listen. Everybody say, listen. Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. You know the scripture of the New Testament, he who has ears, let him hear the word of the Lord. There's a sound that God needs you to connect with tonight. And we're going to get more into that here in a second. Go, now if you guys can, switch back to King. My media team is doing a great job. Now go back to, yeah, great job. So now you are cursed from the earth which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Verse 12. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond you shall be on the earth. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to somebody tonight. I pray, Lord, that we would receive a good word, we'd hear a good word. And we'd know a good word when we heard a good word. And Lord, I pray that that good word would take root into our life and produce greater fruit in our life. And Lord, I thank you that tonight's going to transform somebody's life. 
I want to preach. No, I don't want to preach to the church people. I want to preach to somebody tonight who, who is not churchy, who's not a church person, who's not somebody who likes Jesus, likes church, and likes God. I want to talk to the naysayer. I want to talk to the doubter. I want to talk to somebody right now while I'm praying because somebody has has this little inkling inside them says, is God real? Is the, Did Jesus really do it? And, and, uh, is it really powerful? Is there a heaven and is there a hell? Is there a devil? Is there a God? And I'm here to preach heaven down to earth right now and let God speak to you and touch your life and see the transfer. I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't, you've heard enough information to overwhelm the rest of your life, but you need to experience the Messiah, not just hear of the Messiah. And Lord, I thank you, God, that there is a transformation that's going to happen tonight. In Jesus name, we thank you, God. Oh, we thank you. And all who are ready for what God is about to do, shout it a good amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I'm going to be a few minutes tonight. uh, So open your Bibles. Get them open to Genesis chapter 4. Josh, 15 minutes. Give me a clock. Come right back up in 15 minutes. All right. That way I'm not too long and preach until 930. Amen. All right, well, only half of you said it, so I can keep going until 9.30 then, I guess. Amen. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> All of a sudden, people have never shouted amen to church ever in their life just started shouting amen. Uh, amen, amen. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. If that, if that takes the time of when we end, amen, amen, amen. <laughs> uh, but I want to preach to you tonight and teach with you tonight about a word that God has spoken deep within my heart. Like, it, it just, it changed what I was going to speak, what I was going to say. And it became something deeper than I think I can accomplish even in one night. It, it's something so deep that I'm going to begin to process this probably for the rest of this year and see the Bible differently. Let me help you first by that, number one. If you only look at the Bible historically, then the Bible's only going to mean partially what it should to you. Uh, it's, it's not just a historical uh, document. In fact, I would debate it's not even. As, yes, it confirms and affirms a lot of historical events in people, times, and places, and it is good. But at the same time, the canon of Scripture, especially the Old Testament, is not in historical order to begin with. So it'd be very difficult to just look at it in a historical manner. Then the other side of this is is the inspirational side We a lot of people come to church for, right? We want to listen to the gospel so that we uh, feel better, so that we leave here thinking, I'm a good person, right? So that we leave here saying, I, at least I'm loved by somebody, amen, right? At least I've got something good going for. We leave here, oh, I found the help that I needed, I, I, whatever. We can look at it, in the, but the Bible should not be looked at as only inspirational either. Yes, there are points of inspiration. Yes, there's affirmation. But the Bible has very little to do with that and more to do with the the, uh, omnipotent, omniscient will of God from beginning of time to the end of time. It is the plan of redemption for us through our Creator. And when you look at the entire canon of Scripture, it's really more about Him than it is about us. And we, we need to see this because I need to understand where I come from. And I'm, we're talking about Cain and Abel and Adam and Eve. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the creation because in the beginning was God and there was no other beside him. God didn't need you to vote him in as God. God didn't need a committee. God didn't need a church to, God didn't need bylaws. God didn't need someone else to approve his status. God is God all by himself. 
God is the creator of heaven and earth, the great I am, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He is Jehovah, El Elyon. He is Yahweh. He is God. And we can get excited about that. Why? Because you know what? We need to understand that I, I, God's got a plan for me. God, I, he has a plan in here, and there's a plan for me. And so when you look at the scripture, you shouldn't look in when I begin to teach about Cain and Abel, and I talk about Adam and Eve, and, and I talk about the beginning of scripture and all the way into the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. I can't have you looking and looking at somebody else's life. I need you to see your life in there. Because if you're just looking at someone else's family... <sighs> It's easy to talk about someone else's family, right? Go ahead. It's easy to talk about someone else's family, but when you picture your own family in there, ain't nobody talking about my mama. Yes, my mother's crazy, but I can say that. Y'all can't say that. <laughs> Y'all are laughing hard who know my mama. But you, <laughs> but we, ha we, we can talk about our, but you got to see your own, you got to see yourself in here. See, Scripture only, it's never powerful until it's personal. Personal makes it powerful. And when you look at this Scripture as all like, this disconnect has nothing to do with me. I'm agnostic or atheist. I guarantee you God is about to speak to the depths of who you are and prove to you that he is real and this plan was just for you. I've had lots of people come into our church of all different walks, shapes, and sizes and say, you know what? I've heard a lot about God, but I finally experienced who Jesus is. Not nothing special about our church, but something special about when God shows up and you actually showed up. Because you, you, it's, it's usually not us waiting on God, it's God waiting on. And so when you finally show up with a heart that's open and a mind that's ready instead of prejudice, then finally God can actually work in you. But if you're as stiff and as hardened as Judas, you probably won't get very far. I almost had this, I was talking to Pastor Doug earlier, I was like, I kind of want to pray this new prayer, and it kind of goes like this, it's really dark, it's, it's, it lines up with my dark sense of humor, but I was like, you know what, if anybody is not ready, I'd rather the Lord take him, kill him and take him home, and I was like, whoa, and I'd rather be found in heaven than lost on earth, and, and, and I, there's a principle to this that says, you know what, I, I, God would rather you Find him in a moment and say, I'd rather you come with me now. See, sometimes we look at death as the most tragic thing that anybody could ever experience, but it's not because we have a greater eternity and a greater promise. And I'd rather somebody not go through life frustrated and lost and wandering, and I'd rather somebody make it to heaven found and home. But, but we need to also have the opportunity to receive Jesus there. So when you look at this passage, we can't just jump into chapter 4 and expect we know all that's going on. In the beginning, God created, but then after that, he didn't create just the heavens, the moon, and the stars. He went ahead and created Adam and Eve. He created Adam, and then after he created Adam, he said, it's not good for Adam to be alone. Let's create a helpmate. So he created a helpmate. That helpmate was Eve. She was wonderful. In fact, the Lord says, and she was good. She was a good thing. And he found a good thing, and he was excited about a good thing. And Adam loved his wife. I'm just going to tell you right now, he loved her. They had a lot of kids. I can tell you, I know he loved her. And, and so they had a wonderful, thriving, loving relationship. But then God gave a rule. He said, whatever you do, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that's in the center of the garden. Well, what happens? We all know the story. Eve goes up to uh, grab the fruit because why? 
She didn't just walk up. She knew not to do it because she was out away from Adam and away from God. And all of a sudden, the serpent, Satan, came to her, and Satan beguiled her. It's another word, like an old King James word for trickster. He, he lied. He manipulated. He deceived her. And, and how did he do that? He got her alone. Be careful uh, that the enemy tries to get you alone with your own thoughts because we all know your thoughts are not very good thoughts. Somebody said amen right there. Because I know my, I, I'm just preaching to the sinners out there. Yeah, I know you saints and you holy people, all you people who actually think your mind is perfect out there. I'm talking to myself when I say that. Like my mind, if you haven't learned this by now, when you receive Jesus into your life, your soul is saved, your flesh will be saved, and your mind is being saved every day. You got to take captive every thought because you got a jacked up mind. And if the devil gets you alone with your thoughts. That's how suicide happens. That's how depression happens. That's how pervertedness happens. That's how false doctrines happen. That's why you don't got a preacher, a leader, a teacher. You don't got a leader in your life to guide you, a shepherd to guide you. You will end up with a whole other religion on your hands. And you'll wonder how you ended up so far from God. So the devil gets her alone. And when he gets her alone... He, he speaks to her and whispers her, and he says, oh, come on, just try it out. So she tries the fruit. When she tries the fruit, after that, she has Adam try the fruit. When did the fall happen? When Adam ate it. Why didn't it happen when Eve ate it? Here. Well, why didn't it happen when Eve ate it? Why? Because even the devil knew, if I can take out the head, I'll take out the body. Because I need to destroy the whole thing. Adam was meant to be the provider. So instead of Eve handing Adam something, it should have been Adam saying, hey, I've been helping provide in this situation. Let me continue to do so. But God, God knew the order, but Satan knew how to mess up the order. See, see, there are things in our lives that have, may have gotten out of order, and if you're not careful, you'll allow yourself to be led into a place of deceit like she was, and it was, uh, hey, this is tough. She had it made, and now all of a sudden, Adam, he takes a bite, the fall happens, and then what does Adam do? Adam goes and grabs a couple fig leaves, right? He goes to a fig tree, poor fig tree. Adam, all of a sudden, the Bible said, as soon as you eat of that tree, do you remember the promise? God said, if you eat of that tree, you shall surely you're going to die, brother. If you eat of that tree, you're going to die. And he warns Adam and Eve, and they ate of the tree, and they didn't die that day, but they will soon die because their flesh is now decaying. And so now what once is a living, eternal creature now becomes a dying creature. And a dying creature goes to a living branch and rips off the fig leaves because dying things like to kill other things. And if you're not careful of who grabs a hold of your heart and your mind and your life and your soul and your opinions and your thoughts and your feelings, dead things usually like to cause death and other things because hurting people hurt things oh yeah I know that's perfect that's beautiful how it just came together like that the Holy Spirit knitted that for you but you need to hear it in a greater dimension that you ought to be careful of things that aren't giving you life but only bringing death because when you're when you're hurting you're going to hurt other people when you're damaged you can only damage other people healed people heal people free people free people if you haven't seen anybody get set free around you in a while, you might wonder, am I free? You might wonder, like, hey, I haven't healed anybody in a while. And the Bible says that miracle signs and wonders shall follow those who follow me. I'm wondering if I'm healed to begin with. Because all these things, life-giving people will give life. Amen. I know this is extra. 
But when you hear this, you can grab a hold of a revelation that will change the way you interact with everybody. And you'll feel a cold hand and you'll feel a warm hand. And you'll know which one to hold on to and which one to let go of. Because there are relationships and people and places and things that may not be good for you or life-giving. And so then, after that, he covers them with fig leaves, which makes sense why Jesus got so angry at the fig tree and cursed it to die later on. Remember when he was just walking by, the disciples were like having a great day, and they were like, Jesus is good, miracle signs and wonders. They just did the triumphal entry. They literally just had that. They're like, palm branches, yay. And Jesus is walking through, and they're like, yeah, God is good. And Jesus is like, curse the fig tree, let it die. And then walks away, and they're like, whoa. Whoa, bro. What did that fig tree ever do to you? Right? That's what I think. Because they honestly, they tell him, they said, it's not even seasoned. It's not even supposed to be producing any figs. Like, why are you so mad? Because what Adam had done and the second Adam would fix is Adam went to find his own way to correct his own shame. But when he tried to correct his own shame, it still never fixed anything. And when we keep trying for a dead thing to grab other dead things, we're never going to find a living. We're never going to find healing. We're never going to find redemption. we got to change some things. And Jesus said, curse the fig tree. That's how it started. Adam thought that that would fix it, but it wouldn't fix it. Oh, can I preach for just a second? Did you know that God in in his all-knowing power, God in his plan, God never reacts. God only simply responds because God, God is never stumped by a question from the devil. Did you know that? God never, all this, the devil cannot trick God. The devil cannot throw a question out there and say, oh, I wonder, you know, I've never heard that one before. He had a plan from the beginning. It wasn't all of a sudden, oh, Adam fell? What should we do now? Oh, 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 no. Eve too? What do we do? God knew from the beginning. God had a plan. God had a redeeming power. God had the word, and in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and nothing was made that was made without him, and through him all things were made that were made. God is saying to somebody right now, I had the plan from the beginning. I knew how to do it because this is how I, this was all, what, what the Old Testament was, was simply a shadow of what would be. And, and the story of these six verses of Cain and Abel depict the entire canon of scripture that you would learn from chapter to chapter, book to book, all the way to the very end with Jesus. Why? Because Abel would be a picture of Christ to come, that his own brother would kill him. That, that, that Cain would bring a sacrifice and it wouldn't be worthy. Why? Because the Bible talks about how Cain worked in the field with the plants. He was a gardener. A botanist, if you will. He was a gardener. He worked with the same things his father Adam. Adam's first response is a fig tree. His first response of working and living, was working in the field. But Abel's was different. Abel worked with the animals. Where did he learn that from? When Adam and Eve, God came through and said, where are you? He said, who told you you were naked? He sacrificed an animal. 
innocent animal. Why? Fig leaves wouldn't cover it. Those are going to, I'm going to cover you with shed blood. I'm going to cover you because, and, and think about this, this, this animal, for those who are hunters out there, those of you who are a little wheezy with blood talk, just bear with me. I had a lady one time was talking about the blood of Jesus so much, she literally passed down the front row. And I had to learn how to be careful from there on. So if this is making you nauseous, just plug your ears for just a minute. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. But it was this carcass, it was this animal that was placed on them to cover their sin and their shame. And imagine if you can, the blood dripping down the side and down the thighs and down their calves. And as they get kicked out of the Garden of Eden, all of a sudden they come out and they're in the sacrifice of the animal that God provided for them. And then therefore Cain is operating with the plant that Adam did, but yet Abel is operating with his heavenly father in a sacrificial manner. Now the same man who won't kill a lamb was, is ready to kill a man. But, but we, we, we want to sacrifice. Oh, we got the sacrifices and the, the wires crossed and all the lanes mixed up because we're not willing to kill. This is this is. Cain's not willing to kill a lamb, but he is willing to kill his brother. I don't want to get my hands dirty with that, but I'll take you. Why? He hated Abel. Why? Because God found favor. God loved Abel. Oh, can I preach for just a second? God's about to shine some favor on you, and it has nothing to do with who you are, but how much he loves you. Some people will hate you just because God loves you, just because he's shown favor and grace and mercy. God is about to pour favor on somebody. Man, I got haters out there that don't like me, and they don't even know me. And it's only because God favors and shines his grace on me. And every time they're like, we'll see how long they last. God gives us another sign of favor. God gives us another property, a place, an exponential growth. All of a sudden, miracles, a baby on the way. God continues to shine favor. Why? Not because land is so good, but because God loves me so much. And people will have a problem with how much God loves you. The world will have a problem with how much God loves you. The world had a problem with how much Jesus loved and with how much the Father loved him. Oh, sometimes I want to turn to my haters who don't even know me and say, if you just give me a chance, I'll give you a lot of good reasons. I'll help you. Don't, at least don't come to me with no ammo. Give me, help me give you some ammo so you got a real reason not to like me. Because I think you don't like me just to not like me. And people won't like you just because God loves you. Just because you're favored, just because you're successful, just because you're doing well, just because you got a good home, you got a good life, you got, you got the right sacrifice, you got the good stuff going for you. And that's what happens with Cain and Abel. I don't, uh, can I keep going? I'm not going to go on this, but I'm going to keep walking through the story if I can through the leading of the Holy Spirit. And he does this. So now I, I hate my brother. I'm angry. God comes to me and he says, hey, why are you upset, man? You think God was all like, why, why are thou upset at this? You know? Come on, let's speak to me like he would speak to you. Why are you so hype, man? What's got you twisted? Why are you hating? Huh? 
or, or I don't know, what is it? Why are you so angry, young lady? How does he talk to you? Because I guarantee he showed up to Cain and he was speaking Cain's language and he said, Cain, I'm giving you a shot to fix what you are about to do. I'm not a God of of not second. I'm here to show you. That's why he gave Judas a second chance. And then Judas still refusing the grace of Jesus Christ was filled with Satan right out. I'm telling you, God will give second chances. And he gave Cain a second chance. And he was saying, Cain, I know I can see in your heart. I knew when Lucifer had a thought to upheave me and take my authority. And just in that thought, I cast him down like lightning. I can see the intent of what you are thinking. I'm giving you a second chance here. And he begins to speak the grace over him. And then what does Cain do? He leaves God's presence. Doesn't say another word. Doesn't say, how God? Doesn't come back with, but, but I, where do I start? I, I'm just, he doesn't begin to express or process. He begins to just say, nope. He just shuts down. How many have ever shut down before? You shut down in an argument. You shut down in a discussion. You shut down at church when the preacher starts preaching something a little too personal. And you just, all of a sudden, you shut down on God. And that is a dangerous place to be because it causes God to show up and ask you a question. And for a God who knows all the answers, when he's got to ask you a question, you ought to start praying because he knows something is wrong in your heart. Something is not right in your life. And I've got to help you see the truth. And so he comes in and shows up and says, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he tries to give him a second chance. And then after he gives him a second chance, he Cain walks away. And Cain walks away. And in one of the versions in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Hebrew, it, it tells us that Cain went to Abel. He went to Abel. He didn't go to dad. He didn't go to mom. He went straight where his anger and his hatred and his frustration and his prejudice was going. And he marched right over to Abel. And what did he say to Abel? He said, Abel, come with me. This is the Hebrew. He said, come with me to my field. Why? Come with me to the field. Why? Because that's where Cain works. Oh, that's where Cain, that's his territory. Oh, don't, no, 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 not near mom and dad. No, no, not near God for sure. Come on, come on over here, Abel. Come on over here. Come on over here to my territory. I don't want to, I'm not, isn't that what happened with Jesus when the Sanhedrin said, oh, let's not get them while the crowd's out. Let's not get them while everybody's around on their territory. Let's not talk to them over there. Let's wait till it's quiet and dark and he's alone and let's send a battalion to go capture him. Let's do this in the secret place, in the territory that the enemy keeps in the darkness because I remember a God who said, you know what? I want to take new territory, but the enemy's trying to keep that territory. Oh, let me preach for just a second. The enemy's saying, come with me to my territory come over here so I can beat you and so he drags him in and he kills him why what does this mean to you and I remember see yourself in the story what's the picture what's the three-dimensional story what's the 4k view what what is this perspective that I need is the enemy's always going to try to draw you into his territory but that's where we get to take heart because the Bible says take heart for I have already overcome the world why would he need to overcome the world if the territory was already his but Jesus came from his territory in heaven down to earth to show up and say I came into this territory just like Abel followed you in 
into the wilderness. I came to follow you to the earth, and I'm coming to take the power and authority back. That's why the devil is called the prince of power, the, the prince of the air. It's because he thought he was still in charge, but Jesus left heaven to come to earth to take new territory and say, no, this is mine. Soon it will be my footstool. Soon every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. This is my territory. And where Abel lost his life, Jesus gave his life. And Jesus laid it down so that he could be resurrected again, pour out his Holy Spirit, and take territory back from the kingdom of the enemy. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, man, I just, I feel like something's stirring in me. Oh, I'm not done. I, I've got to finish. I've got to finish. I haven't even gotten to the main point. Oh, give me another 40 minutes. No, I, I can't. I, I, I got to go off for a minute if I can. I, I, like when you hear this, you can, you can easily miss some, some key pieces and some key parts of how you can see yourself in the scripture. First, we got a dysfunctional family. Raise your hand if you're at least a sane enough to admit and, and truthful enough to admit you got a dysfunctional family. Go ahead and raise your hand. Every, hand. every hand. And you liars who don't, let me tell you, dysfunctional families started in Genesis. And they have not seen since. And daddy passed down his dysfunction. But mommy was trying to pass down her hope. You remember the, this is what I feel the Holy Spirit teaching me right now. You remember the, the curse. The curse was, Adam, you're going to have to toil. Eve, you're going to have to give birth. That's going to be painful. And you're going to have a desire for your husband. Not for men. You should read scripture a little more. Not a desire for men. A desire for your husband. Anyway, y'all ain't ready for that. He, he says, you'll have a desire for it. But listen, your seed, this was, the, this was huge. He said, your seed that will come from you will crush the head of the serpent. Whew, and he'll bruise his heel. See, when Eve had Cain and had Abel, she had a hope. She had a hope. Oh, Josh, I have a hope. I have a hope that my sons are going to be the redeeming factor of the mess that I made. I can, I, 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 this is where this, this is powerful. And if we miss this in Scripture, we miss how we can see ourselves in here. Because when you see a chance for a hope, don't you run for it? Don't you long for it? Don't you put it out there for everybody? I'm hoping my boys are going to get the job done. He said, because my seed will overcome the serpent, Satan, who tricked me. This is all my fault. Have you ever been into a place where you felt like, man, I can deal with other people's messes, but when I know it's my fault that we got here, when I know it's mine to own, I can deal with somebody else making the mistake. It's difficult when I have to own it myself and know that it started with me. And she said, but there's a hope. And then what do you do when your only hope kills part of your hope and then is cursed and cast out and now you feel like you got no hope at all? Oh God, what are we going to do now? Oh God, where are you now? How is it going to come to pass? Where is the hope? I'm, I, and, and the difficulty of losing a son is one thing, but a, 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 the difficulty of losing what you had in mind is so much greater I thought I thought we were gonna we we're gonna do better. 
I thought we were going to reach Flagstaff. I thought we were going to see a packed out church every Sunday. I thought we were going to overcome COVID by now. I, well, what do you do with the, what you had in mind and it doesn't come to pass the way you thought it should? Some of you, maybe your mind's not mature enough to think that far ahead, but let me help you. When you don't know how you can get to tomorrow and you've lost your hope of what you had in mind, you know how Eve felt in that moment. I lost everything. That was my redeeming. But what she didn't know is that God had a greater plan than what she had in mind. And sometimes what you had in mind isn't, wasn't really part of his plan. And you thought it was going to happen then, but God said, no, 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 it's going to come through you all the way through David, all the way to Jesus Christ, through a young lady named Mary who shall give birth to the Savior of the world. It's coming. It's just not coming how you think it should. What you had in mind may have had to die. What you had in mind may need to die. And so that way the real plan of God could be totally and completely revealed. Why? Because the blood speaks. This is what I want to end with. The blood speaks. What, what did he say? We said listen, right? We, what was that the word, Josh? You remember? Listen. Listen. Everybody say listen. He said he said, the blood of your brother cries out to me. But he says in Hebrew, he says, listen, why would he ask Cain to listen if he knew he couldn't hear? Why would he ask if he knew that there wasn't really a voice? To, is God a liar? Is God a manipulator? Is, is, is God a, a deceitful kind of plotter and schemer? No, 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 no. Does God mince words? Oh, come on, church, where are you? Does God, does God mix it up and maybe make a mistake sometimes? No, 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 no. He says, listen, listen. Can you hear? Can you hear the blood? It cries out to me. And as Abel is a depiction of what Christ would become, the blood cries out and God can hear it. Now, we have proven in science that sound carries much farther than just distance and even internally to the biological parts of who you are and can literally grow and kill things by what you speak. But it also, there's a frequency that supersedes time. And there are words that they have proven that if we can figure it out that were spoken thousands of years ago, we could hear them today because there is a voice that carries farther than eternity. There is a word. Now, see, let me break it down because this is really above my pay grade and I can level like I'm hoping some of you are with me. Some of you are like, I know what he's talking about. But this frequency level, it's, it's as simple, this is I had to explain like a fifth grader to myself. You have a dog whistle, right? If I blew the dog whistle, could you hear it? No, right? Does that make it not a sound? No. It just means you can't hear on that. You can't hear on that frequency level. And so when you get in tune with a heavenly frequency level, instead of just an earthly level, all of a sudden you're going to be able to hear the cry of the blood calling out, saying, oh, the body was hid, but the blood still cries. The body couldn't be found, but the blood still speaks. I want to talk to a church who hears the blood of Jesus Christ speaking over your life each and every day. Oh, I receive it. I know it. I believe it. 
God is good. And man, oh, you can, let's stand. I know some of you were itching. You're like, should we stand? Should we stand? Should we stand? Just get up. I'm going to close. There's a frequency of heaven. Oh, God, help me understand it. This is what I mean when I say I can't fully unpack this tonight because there is a frequency. That's why the Bible says, and then there came a sound from heaven as as of a mighty rushing wind. There will be trumpets that blow and some will hear and some will not. What is the sound of heaven? What is the sound of the blood? How could God hear it and Cain not hear it? How could his mother feel it and Adam be so disconnected? How can we let Jesus be sacrificed on the cross and his blood poured out and yet not be able to hear the power of the blood of Christ in our life? That's why the Bible says in Revelations, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Well, it doesn't make sense if you don't think if you don't understand that the blood speaks to if it's just you talking you can only talk according to your comprehension but what good is it that you only talk according to what you know when you have the holy spirit and the blood of jesus christ on you and the blood can now speak for you oh god the blood of jesus christ speaks oh yeah i believe it How many saints out there have received the blood of Jesus Christ? And the blood speaks when it said, when the world said you were a sinner, he said, no, you're forgiven. When the enemy said, no, you're filthy, he said, no, you're righteous. When when you felt all guilt and shame on your life, he said, no, no, I loved you. And I formed you in your mother's womb. I got you. Because the blood speaks, but will you listen? That's why I wanted to title this message, The Blood Speaks. Last year it was The Blood Remembers. And the blood doesn't just remember, but it speaks. That's why God could say, can you hear it? Listen, Cain, can you hear it crying out? Calling from the earth. Do you remember what happened when the blood was poured out of the side of Jesus and he surrendered his last breath and they had pierced his side and blood and water flowed. It touched the earth. What happened when it touched the earth? The whole earth shook and all of a sudden the veil was torn. Why? That's not random. Somebody must have said do something. And I can, I know, I know, I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt when the blood touched the earth, that's what it said. Now it's the time. Tear that veil. Shake this earth. Dead come to life. Disease be healed. Sick be let. Oh, be made whole. I know the blood speaks. The blood speaks. Somebody shout it. The blood speaks. Shout it again. The blood speaks. It's powerful. And we can't leave here tonight after seeing Jesus give his whole life and pour it all out, not knowing the full power of the blood of Jesus Christ. What good is Good Friday? Lest you come into a relationship and understand that the blood of Christ remembers when I can't. It speaks when I can't speak. It hopes when I don't know what. Oh, the last piece. Remember, I left it kind of hanging with Eve. What happens when your plans go awry? There was another son born, Enosh. At the end of this chapter, Enosh is born. And the Bible says, I got to go back to it. Let me read. I got to leave you with hope. Can I leave you with hope? He says this. And then Adam knew his wife again. (laughs) Old King James. 
And she bore a son and named him Seth, for God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Listen, then men began to call on the name of the Lord. Oh, praise God, where Cain did not know how to worship. And Abel wasn't able to worship anymore. He said, I've got a redeeming son that's coming. Don't worry. What you lost, I'm going to make up for it. You thought it was him, but i got a greater plan. I've got a greater purpose. I've got a greater hope. I've got you covered, baby. I Don't worry about it. My blood speaks when you don't know what to say. Oh, let me pray with you. Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm losing my voice, but I don't care. I want to preach all the way into Sunday. And Lord, I believe Sunday, that message that you spoke to me about rendered heaven, open heavens. Oh God, we're about to see an open heaven. We're about to see an open heaven on Easter. God, Lord, where the Holy Spirit pours out and we see miracles, signs, and wonders like never before. A healing and a manifestation of God where we have been praying for and longing for. And what we had in mind may not have happened, but there's a greater hope. There's a greater purpose. There's a greater plan. And I don't need to rest in what I had in mind, but I need to rest in what you had in plan. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you're not just reacting in my life. You are responding. It didn't catch you by surprise. Lord, you you predestined this. You ordained this moment that we should all be here together. Lord, I pray right now that you would speak to every heart and life. Oh, right now, Holy Spirit, all saints, pray with me. No, we're not going to leave church quiet. Nope, there's no way that's happening. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray right now, let the Holy Spirit. I pray that the Holy Spirit make intercession for us and groans and utterances that we cannot comprehend that go beyond our understanding. And Lord, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is here. The shed blood of Christ is, Christ is available, and we receive it right now on our life. And Lord, we thank you that the blood speaks. The blood speaks when I don't know what to say. The blood speaks over my dysfunctional family. The blood speaks over my sin and shame. The blood speaks over my dead things. The blood speaks over my death and destruction. The blood speaks over my life when I feel like I'm lost and alone. The blood speaks. Holy Spirit, speak to each and every one of us. And let us come out of here tonight on fire for God. Ready to see God do the impossible. The earth shattering. Oh God, we thank you. We thank you that you're showing up and showing off right now in each and every life. Holy Spirit, touch each heart and mind. And if there's somebody in here that God is asking you some questions and saying, where have you been? What are you thinking? Why are you going that way? You need to stop everything you're thinking, feeling, and doing and say, Holy Spirit, let me backtrack a little bit. Let me repent a little bit and get my heart in the right place before I end up in a place of destruction and ruining my own life. Holy Spirit, let the, let the power of repentance fall upon this place. And Lord, I thank you, God, that a repentant heart will become a refreshed heart. Holy Spirit, speak. Speak powerfully, clear and true. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if this message has spoken to you tonight, and it's spoken to you on many levels, I know it did. 
If you're in person and online, I want you to shoot your hand up right now. I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to your heart. I'm preaching to your life. The word of God is for you. Thank you. Almost every single hand raised. I want to pray for you right now with every hand raised and heart open. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that we would understand the canon of Scripture on a greater level, but not just the Scripture. Understand the price that you paid, the reason you sent your Son, and the Holy Spirit filling us. God, I pray that you would bring fresh revelation on us right now. God, that we would see the Scripture not just as historical or inspirational, but transformational in our life as the plan and the blueprint of redemption for each and every one of us. And I pray with every hand raised and heart open, God, I pray that you would minister to their mind and their heart and their spirit and their soul right now. Let them experience the blood of Jesus Christ like never before. Oh, I need some old school saints who know how to plead the blood of Jesus and plead the blood of Jesus over your mind, over your future, over your calling, over your home, over your purpose, over every single area of your life. Begin to say it right now. Say, I plead the blood of Jesus, and I'm going to let the blood of Jesus speak for me. I'm going to let it remember things I don't know to remember. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, that we receive the shed blood of Christ, each and every one of us tonight. I thank you, God. We receive it. And we receive all you are. In Jesus' name, let's lift up a shout of praise. Amen. <clears throat> Come on, let's give God a real praise. Ooh, hallelujah. Amen. All right. Wow, what a word. Oh, the word of God is just so transformational. And we thank you so much, Pastor, for bringing this message. And I'm Amen. so excited to hear it expand. Because I know, I know there's more. Yeah. And this is like, you know, the blood series, you yes. know, like there's, there's more a lot, next year. There's a lot there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's more layers. You just get ready. Yes. Amen. Yes. I receive that. Amen. I receive that. Amen. Amen. Well, yeah, let's give it up for the word. Praise God. Are you full of the spirit? Yes. Oh, we can just depart from this building just carrying this word. Amen. Like Pastor Amen. was saying on Sunday, we carry this word. We let this word manifest. Amen. We don't let this word die. We don't let this word miscarry. We're going to give birth to this word yeah. in our own Amen. life. Amen. Well, goodness gracious. Praise God. Let's say this declaration together. Say, I. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I I'm a bridge builder. Amen. We're so glad you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ or rededicating your life to Christ, send us an email at info at rearbridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church family online for the first time, we have a very special gift for you. Send us an email at info at church to share some information on where we can send you that gift. We're so glad you joined us today, and we can't wait to see you soon. Be sure to stay connected, because we're so much better. Together. Together.